welcome back everyone to murder lies and everything in between a true crime podcast with me jess and my husband daddy hello um our numbers went up this week we had a few more views this week didn't we both we did yeah it's looking really really good um so today we are going into a case which i think some of you have probably heard of um i think it's quite well known um but we'll see um so our sources come from um i watched a documentary called killers behind bars the untold story um that one was based off, I think it was like a psychiatrist or something. He looked into the story. Um, the Yorkshire Post, BBC.com, and I read an article from Crime and Investigation. So that's where our sources are from this week. So I'll jump straight into the story. So on May the 24th, 2010, Peter Gee, a caretaker at Homefield Court Flats, was reviewing CCTV footage from over the weekend when he wasn't working. When he came across something he could never have imagined. This footage shows an unbelievable sequence of events that unravelled and led back more than a year earlier and maybe even further. A murder caught on camera and the killer didn't even try and hide his identity. So today, if you hadn't already guessed, we're going to be talking about Stephen Griffiths, Griffiths, the crossbow cannibal. Have you ever heard of this, babe? I have not. No. I'm surprised. A lot of people actually saw the CCTV footage from this one. Um, It was actually around in 2010 when this happened. Um, And we'll go into how that was kind of shown. Right, okay. So, Stephen Griffiths was born on the 24th of December, so Christmas Eve, 1969, in Dewsbury, Yorkshire, to parents Stephen Senior and Moira Griffiths. He grew up in a stable home, both parents were present, middle-class kind of environment. When his mum and dad split up, he took it really, really badly. He was really, really close to both of his parents and he kind of loved both of them. Um, And he had a really, really good home life. And obviously when they split up, that kind of took a toll on him. Um, So you can imagine he took it badly. Um, He was still really close to his dad, though, still at this point. Um, his dad even paid for a private education for him and that cost £9,000 a year at grammar school. So, yeah, he um, he it's not like he was neglected. You know, he had a good life growing up. When he was a kid, he was looked after. He was given kind of everything that, you know, he could ever possibly want for even a private education. Um, this kind of seems to be where though, his behaviour started to kind of change noticeably. His classmates said he was an oddball, he'd talk about violence all the time, and he would kind of collect knives at like a really young age, so he collected knives. All right. So not what you would expect from a kid in kind of grammar school kind of thing. He started to become really withdrawn, and this is when he started to commit abuse on animals at this point. So... Where they normally start, where they say most serial killers normally start is animal abuse. So they normally say animal abuse, that's where it kind of starts and they move on to something bigger and better than that kind of thing. Um, He would shoot birds and he would dismember them in his garden. So, yeah, he wasn't a very good human being at this point. Um, at the age of 16, he dropped out of school and soon after that, at the age of 17, is when his violence started kind of directing away from animals and started directing towards people. So he moved on, basically, and went something bigger. Yeah, he moved on to something kind of a lot, I would say, harder and kind of, you know, he he definitely veered away from the animal abuse. Obviously, that wasn't enough for him. That wasn't satisfying. Whatever he was trying to satisfy with this. So he wanted more, basically. And the, yeah. ne- and the next thing is, is humans. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, yeah. Um, 17-year-old Griffiths um, was caught stealing from a Sumox supermarket at this point. The manager approached him as he was trying to kind of run off after robbing the shop. Um, and Griffiths had a knife on me, brandished a knife, and slashed him across the face. Oh, yeah. Yeah, slashed him across the face, causing him to have 19 stitches. So a really, really deep kind of cut on this manager's face. He was sentenced to a year at juvenile in a juvenile custodial unit and he was released at 19. So he was sentenced to something at least. Um, once he finished his sentence, he wanted kind of like a fresh start. So he decided that he wanted to enroll on a psychology course in Bradford. So I actually read something up on Bradford the other day. Apparently Bradford has got some of the worst um, crime rates. Oh, is it? Yeah. I actually, one of my best friends actually... 
um, her later childhood, late teen- teenage years, was growing up in Bradford, Kirsty. If you listen to this, hi, Kirsty. <laughs> um, and it, it's a shithole. <laughs> it's a shithole, I'll be honest. From everything I've kind of... I've never visited Bradford, but it's not a very nice kind of area. And all the things that I read about it, it's not a very nice kind of place to be growing up. Um in 1989, he was arrested um, for carrying an offensive weapon. And for this, he was sentenced to 100 hours of community service. So his fresh start didn't last long. You know, he enrolled in a psychology course and then that didn't last long. He got fed up and decided, yeah, I'm just going to carry shitloads of offensive weapons. So great. Great 19-year-old life to be living. So after this, he still had absolutely no control. One day at college, he thought, so after he'd done kind of, he'd done his community service, one day after college, he thought four, four girls were taking the piss out of him. So he got a knife out that he was carrying and held it against one of this girl's throat saying, what do you think you're fucking laughing at? Yeah. So he's at college? Yeah, this isn't college. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he just goes up to this girl. And, yeah, It's a normal thing. You know, girls are having a laugh, whatever. They weren't They weren't even directing it towards him. But so he got paranoid? 100% so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He definitely got paranoid. Um. So for this offence, he was arrested. He was arrested and sentenced to two years in prison. At this point, he spent two weeks of his sentence in Rampton Secure Hospital in Nottinghamshire, where he was kind of having treatment for whatever was going on so they obviously knew something was dodgy and they 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 kind of said okay we need to put him to a hospital and kind of see have an assessment that kind of thing so during this treatment he was described by a psychiatrist as a sadistic schizoid psychopath okay so the definition of a psychopath is someone who lacks empathy and remorse for other people the inability to distinguish from right and wrong they have behaviour that conflicts with social norms and manipulation or hurting others and have a disregard for safety and any responsibility. So 1% of the population actually have this condition. So 1% of the population are kind of diagnosed as being a psychopath. Right, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of that corroborates everything that he's kind of been doing in his previous years. Kind of it's showed that, you know, he's clearly been growing up like this and this is now his kind of, his, um, this is what he's been diagnosed with at this point. Okay, so he's, his psychiatrist has basically said that he relished in killing and maiming people or animals and he had a personality disorder, which in turns makes him a very dangerous person. This like, is what his psychiatrist said. To so like a split personality. So he's got two personalities. No, no, that's it's a different person. So personality, you have a personality disorder. You can have a personality disorder without being a psychopath. But he's been diagnosed with it, though, hasn't he? That's what they're saying. He's been diagnosed with a personality disorder. So a schizoid psychopath is a personality disorder. Right. Yeah. Split personalities. That's schizophrenic. So they have it's it's totally different, totally different things. So after this treatment, he went back into prison. So he had his two weeks of treatment, then went back into prison. He openly talked about murder and killing, and he even told his probation officer that he would become a murderer by the time he reached his 30s. At least he was honest about it. No, I mean... (laughs) He's honest. You can't say the geezer wasn't honest. No, he was honest, but why the fuck was he released? Why was he released? Okay. He said this to his probation officer. I'm basically going to kill people. And they fucking released him. And they didn't think, okay, well, we might have to section this man. I ain't a doctor, so I couldn't even tell you. What would your what what would you think should happen in that case? So, you know, you're looking at it from the eyes of you don't know anything about it. Someone turns around to a probation officer and says, I am going to become a murderer by the time I reach my 30s. What would I would think? you look into it more or would you not let and just go, yeah, okay, fine, not a problem. We'll end your probation and we'll just let you out into the open world knowing that you've admitted that you're going to become a murderer. You want to become basically a murderer by the time you're in your 30s. It's innocent to prove guilty. I don't know. Like He's not done anything it's, wrong it's, yet it's, at this point. I'm just saying that 
I'm not. I'm not a specialist. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a doctor. It's. But it's what hard. do you think? Do you it's think hard he hard should have been say. let out? Your opinion. Do you think he should have been let out? Do you think he? Do you think they should have? Do you think they should have sectioned him? Which they can do. They can section you without your. You don't have to agree to it. They can section you. Yeah, but time was probably maybe a bit different back then. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? It could have been. I mean, we're talking... A lot of people could have said, like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, but never actually really do it. Maybe he was just looking for that attention-seeking, you know, what some people do. Yeah. People say, I'm going to cut myself or I'm going to do this, and they never actually do it because they want, you know... and They whoever, just want the attention. They want the attention, like, you know. Um, the doctor or whoever it is just thought, oh, it's just another one crying wolf, as they say. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. How many people was he probably looked at and gone, no, he's just another one just crying wolf. He just wants attention. Yeah. He doesn't want to be let out into into the world. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, I get what you're try, saying. Yeah. Try and look at both sides. Yeah, it's obviously what he's saying, I'm going to, I'm going to be a killer by, by someone if I'm going to kill someone, basically, blah, blah. Do you take that lightly or just let it pinch yourself? It's like yeah. me going, I'm going to go and rob a bank tomorrow. Difference between you saying it and actually doing it, kind it's, of thing. It's, but yeah. then exactly the same as what he's saying. I'm going to be, I'm going to kill someone in the next ten years or eleven years. How old he is now? Yeah. How kill? Can you arrest him? Can you section him that just for loan because he said something? Yeah, I get what you're saying. How many yeah. people out there and go? You know what? Better off my job. I'm going to kill my boss one day. <laughs> Are we going to section our boss? Are we going to section everyone? I mean, I'm not going to lie. I <laughs> I spoke to someone today at work, and we turned around about talked about we're talking about decapitating someone. So exactly, <laughs> you can't right. really say a lot, to be you honest. Know, I'm sure our listeners have always got fed up putting their job, one job or another and going, you know what? If I had the chance, I'm going to burn this place to the ground. <laughs> you know what I mean? We all say it. We don't mean we could actually do it, although are we? Do you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's the conversation we have we have with our boss, isn't it? And we say the same thing he says all the time i wish i wish i just came and the place <laughs> fucking burnt down <laughs> it's that hope one day isn't it that it may potentially yeah. happen so when he was actually released because they did obviously release him um he continued on with his psychology degree and he graduated in 1993 um after graduation his behavior didn't change um he would walk around in a long black leather trench coat with really long black hair so he's kind of a bit gothy kind of type so i think that was really popular in those days wasn't it in 1993 like that goth movement was very much him, wasn't it? Like long black trench coat, big thick chunky boots. Yes. Yeah. I remember back to those times, and that was really really popular back then. Kind of like the the corn, like Slipknot kind of days when that first kind of came in. So, um, he would also walk around with his pet lizard on a lead. <laughs> so he'd walk around town with his pet lizard on a lead in a long black trench coat. <laughs> with long black hair, just like traipsing around town, just casually chilling. Um, during this time, he, he seemed to kind of research a lot about serial killers. I can't really say anything because I do, and lots of other people are interested in that. Um, in particular, he had an obsession with Peter Sutcliffe. You ever heard of Peter Sutcliffe? No. Um, quite, he's quite common. He's quite known and common around the UK. Um, I know people abroad do know of him, but he was known as the Yorkshire Ripper. Right, okay. So he also had kind of a thing for um, prostitutes, killing prostitutes, all that kind of thing. So these were really common people. And you've got to remember, this is in Yorkshire. So he is in Yorkshire. So it's the same kind of area. So he knew when all this was going on, he knew about all this kind of stuff. And he seemed to really look up to him. And he mirrored his kind of obsession on his crimes. So he looked a lot of at the crimes that Peter Sutcliffe did and kind of mirrored how he kind of acted and what he did on him kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. We will we will go into the Yorkshire Ripper one day, but that's quite a big case um, because he had a lot of victims. Um, but we will look into him one day. So at the age of 35, we've kind of gone on a little bit. At the age of 35, he enrolled on a PhD course at Bradford University in homicide study. So at this time, he was, from what I read, he did the homicide study that he was doing. He, um, he, I think he like specialised in homicide from like, I think like the 1800s, a very like old school homicide kind of thing. Right. And he really liked it. 
again, I'm not going to judge someone for being into that because a lot of people are, and it is it is a course and it is a PhD course. So, you know, you can't say that people are into it, so they're going to be psychopaths because that's just not the case. Um, at this time, though, the police were actually watching him as he was reported by people for reading books. I know it sounds stupid for reading, but he was reported for reading books. But he was reported for reading books on dismemberment, and they were concerned because of obviously his previous record and everything. They were worried that he was looking up books on dismemberment. Um, so they told the housing association who owned the flats where he lived. So he lived in a big, massive block of flats kind of thing, um, and the housing association owned that. Okay, so they told the housing association, um, and the police basically said that you need to fit better CCTV because it's only a matter of time before an incident's going to happen with this man. Right, you know, okay, yeah. So, yeah. So something's already happened with him. It's only going to be a matter of time before something happens. And you may need the CCTV. So they were kind of already prepared that something was going to happen. Yeah, they were getting ready. They were getting ready for it, basically. Yeah, I don't think they thought though that what happened it would catch what it actually did end up catching. So we'll go into what kind of happened after this. So that's a bit of backstory about him, basically. So going on from him, on May the 22nd, Suzanne Blamers, who's 36 at the time, was due home by her friends after working in the red light district. But she just vanished. Suzanne belonged to a very good family in the area. Her dad was a local businessman. She was excellent in school, kind of wanted to go into nursing after school unfortunately drugs made the way into her life how a lot of these stories goes and um she kind of went down another path and went into sex work to pay for her addiction she had suffered greatly in the years preceding her death in 2009 while laying on the streets in bradford two men i'm gonna try and pronounce their names i may butcher them <laughs> two men one was called yaroslav Balog and Yiri Sukal could be pronounced different to that though. Don't don't have me on for my for my pronunciation. It's better than what Atty would do. <laughs> you wouldn't even try and attempt that, would you? <laughs> <laughs> he can't even pronounce English names, my foreign names. So they repeatedly kicked her in the head and the body, resulting in her suffering from numerous injuries. Okay, so she was assaulted on the streets of Bradford. Right. So she didn't have it easy. On May the 24th, so two days after she went missing, Peter Gee, the caretaker, checked the CCTV from over the weekend, which we spoke about in the beginning. So we're kind of going to the incident, what yeah. happened on the 24th. Suzanne Griffiths, and Suzanne and Griffiths were seen entering the flats, walking into number 33, which is where he lived for 13 years. Not long after being in the flat, I think it was a couple of minutes, it wasn't very long, Suzanne suddenly left and ran down the corridor with Griffiths following closely behind her. Griffiths was armed with a crossbow and shot her but missed. Unfortunately, she was so frozen in fear that he had time to reload, run after her and tackle her before shooting her in the head with a crossbow bolt straight to her head at point blank range on camera. Sounds like Hunger Games. Sounds like something, doesn't it? Um, Not many. You can't you can't find. I've tried finding the the full CCTV footage. You can't find the full CCTV footage. You can see sections of it, but you can't see you can't see what happened after that. Um, but you can see they do like um, stills of her running down the corridor oh, okay. and him shooting, but you can't see what happens after that. But we know, obviously, the police have said what happened after that. Um, the documentary that I actually watched, the killers behind bar, um, the killers behind bars, the untold story. He watched the full CCTV, so he explained exactly what happened in that CCTV footage. Um, so after he shot her in the head with a crossbow, he drug he dragged her by her feet back into his flat. I take it she was dead though. She was dead. She yeah. was shot in the head with a crossbow. Yeah. yeah. And no, no one else heard this. No. Oh, okay. No, I know it's mad, isn't it? How yeah. did no one hear that? Yeah. But then she was she wasn't screaming or anything. She wasn't. It's not like she walked into the flat willingly with him. Yeah. And then they were in the flat for a couple of minutes, and then. 
So something must have happened in that flat for them a couple yeah. of minutes for her to bolt out of there, yeah. run, run away. 100%. Um, I'm not going to go too much into what he had in his flat, but we did we did find out that in um from ex-girlfriends that he had that in the flat there was um there was big swords on the wall. I'm not going to judge people that got that because I know loads of people that used to have swords yeah. on the walls oh, and stuff like that. Thing, yeah. yeah, so you can't judge people that, but apparently he had a massive bookcase which was just full of like stuff about Peter Sutcliffe, um the Moore's murders, all that kind of oh, stuff. Okay. But again, not going to judge people because if you're doing a PhD, of course you're going to have that yeah, kind of, of course, stuff. Yeah. And there's people that are genuinely into that. I'm into all that kind of stuff. So I can't say anything and judge people by that. But something must have happened in that flat that we're not 100% sure on yeah. that caused her to run. He may have even attacked her in the flat. We just don't know. Um, it was then that he eventually realised that CCTV was in the corridors. So he'd already killed her, dragged her back to his flat. He realised that there was CCTV in the corridors. And it had just captured the murder on tape. After dragging Suzanne's lifeless body back into his flat, he went back outside again, still with the crossbow in his hand, stuck his middle finger up to the camera, and then walked back to his flat, where he proceeded to dismember her and eat parts of her body. Mm. Yeah. That's just one way to try and get rid of a body, but okay. Yeah, I don't think that was his <laughs> plan. Um, yeah, I don't think that was his plan at all. I don't think he was trying to get rid of her body by eating her. I mean, that I could not understand, but I could make more sense of that. He was just a fucked human being, pretty much. That's what I get from everything that I read about him. Obviously, he didn't care, though, because he knows he's on CCTV. He don't care. You yeah. Know I mean? he's, done all the, he's done all this, gone back out to the camera a second time, swore at it. Yeah. his finger up, whatever, and went back and just carried on. He knew it was only a matter of time until he was going to be caught. 100%. Do you know what I mean? There's no... There's, there's no, no getting away from there's that There's no now. getting away from it, is there? Do you know no. what I mean? So we should have like, well, let's see how far I can go. Let's see how far I can take this. You yeah. Know? Yeah. That's the thing, isn't it? I mean, the thing, the sad thing is, is that so much stuff is caught on CCTV around this. Um, You never think you'll see it. Like, you never think that you'll, you'll come across something so blatant for this to kind of happen. So after he kind of, um, he dismembered her and kind of at parts of the body and all that kind of stuff. So, but just an hour after killing Suzanne, Griffiths searched for a fourth victim. So he just killed her. And he's already on the prowl for another person right. to kill. Um, and he nearly found one in 28 year old Rosalind Edmondson, who was on her way to collect methadone from an all night chemist that wasn't far from his flat. Um, he complimented her and invited her back to his flat. Initially, she did actually walk back with him. And Is this all on the same night? Yeah. Oh, right, okay. This was uh, an hour? Let me just check my notes. An hour? Yeah, about an hour. So the body of the original person... Is in his flat. Is still in his flat. And yeah. now he's gone out yeah. to get a second victim. Fourth victim. Yeah, fourth victim, but second victim of the night, yeah. Right, okay. Yeah. Right, okay, I'm with you. Now. I know, I can see you trying to work yeah. it around in your head, yeah. Um, so she was on her way to go and collect methadone from an all-night chemist that wasn't far from his flat. That's how he found her. Complimented her, invited her back to his flat. She actually initially walked back with him, and the CCTV captured all of this, caught the two of them outside the block of flats. Okay, so this is, again, CCTV caught all of this. Um, she had second thoughts, though. Why? Okay. Something was trying to save her. Oh, she she had the spider Spider Man. Spidey sense. Yeah, she, she had, had something. Yeah. So they, she knew something was going on, and she didn't. Right. Thank God for her. She didn't go back with him. Um, she decided to walk back to her own flat. Griffiths didn't attempt to kind of convince her to change her mind, and he returned home. Okay, so he just went back home. Didn't didn't attack her or anything yeah. after that. So. Obviously, Peter Gee, who was the caretaker, the source of the CCTV, obviously reported it to the police. Okay. So as soon as the police were made aware of this, they went straight to Griffith's flat because they knew obviously where this all was. It was it was obvious they knew what flat he was yeah, in. Probably, yeah. So they went straight to his flat and they stormed his flat to arrest him. He gave himself up willingly. He didn't cause any drama. He just gave himself up. So it was quite kind of straightforward. Suzanne Rushworth vanished from the Manningen area and hadn't been seen since the 22nd of June 2009. 
Rushworth told her mother that she was seeking to buy medicine. So the last known footage of her alive consisted of her getting off a bus to go and get medication. Okay. She was reported missing by her family. She she had grown up kids, grown up grandchildren, and she grew up locally as well. Um, locally, sorry. And she would come from a respectable family. She got into drugs, but she was still in regular contact with her family and her friends. Not like a lot of people. Do. A lot of people that tend to be on drugs, they don't tend to be. They tend to be quite ostracised from their family. She wasn't. She right. was. She had a great relationship with her family and her friends. Um, and she, from what I read about her, she was actually trying to get off it as well. And she was actually doing quite well to get off it. On the Monday, she was due to meet a friend. She didn't turn up and they were worried. So that's when they kind of reported her missing. Shelley Armitage vanished on the 26th of April, 2010. So Susan Rushworth was first. Shelley, Shelley Armitage was second. Suzanne was third. Right. Okay. Shelley was an aspiring model. She was beautiful. She was absolutely beautiful. She could have she could have done amazing things. She really, really could have. She had loads of friends and she had a loving boyfriend. She also grew up locally. However, after her and her best friend began to experiment with drugs, she became addicted and was ultimately unable to escape the life of drink, drugs and sex work. So again, drugs got, got into sex work due to it. What we hear every single time, time and time again, got into sex work. Well, sex sells though, doesn't it? Do you know what I mean? It's a quick, easy way to make money. And that's what I think a lot. Of, yeah, I think a lot of them go to that because of that, because you can't feed your habit with a nine to five. Well, feed your addiction. Sorry, I'll rephrase that. You can't feed your addiction on a nine to five. No, you can't. No. Doesn't doesn't pay. It won't pay what you need it no. to. So sex is just it's there. It's easy. Yeah. You know. Yeah. No, I agree with you. Um, concern over Shelley began after she failed to appear at a scheduled. Um, at scheduled court sessions twice, so she didn't turn up to court sessions, as well as not using her mobile phone or claiming her benefits since she disappeared. So big red flag. Didn't collect her money. She's 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 addicted to drugs. Why would she not collect her benefits? Yeah, of course. So first thing we're all thinking about: you get paid, and you want your money, didn't you? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, so she had arranged to meet a friend in Rebecca Street, and that's in Bradford's red light district, to have a drink and something to eat. She was last seen on CCTV walking along Sunbridge Road the night she went missing. But there's nothing of her after that. Okay, so she's seen walking down Sunbridge Road, and there's nothing after that. On May the 25th, 2010, bought a vile discovery by a member of the public walking along the River Air in Shipley, five miles from Griffith's flat, a rucksack was found. When this man opened it, he found a woman's head with a crossbow bolt still embedded in it. So to go back to the dates, Griffiths was arrested on the 24th. Suzanne was attacked on the 22nd. The 24th, he was arrested yeah, mm-hmm. and then twenty fifth, which was the day after he was arrested, this is when this rucksack was found. Right. Okay. Yeah, you clear on the dates. Yeah, so a couple of days yeah. all in between, basically. Yeah, three days from so from three days of him killing her, he was he was found, he was arrested. Parts of her body were found. So the body, all the body wasn't found. So it was only part of her body. Just her head at this point. Just at this. No, the point. first time when they actually arrested when he yeah. was actually nothing arrested. was found yet. Nothing was found in, no. in his room. Nothing found in I'll room. go to that in a minute right, okay. because obviously they have to do tests, they have to do DNA tests, all that kind of stuff. Um, but at this point, the day after, her head was found. Hmm. So they had the CCTV footage of him shooting her, yeah. knew it was this woman. When the head was found, she was ID'd as Suzanne. Right, okay. So he killed her, her he... head appears in a rucksack in a river. How come they can ID her from the body? What do you mean? Well, the body, he dragged the body back into the. The root, his room. Yeah, yeah. The body wasn't there. The body wasn't there. No. So he must have disposed put, of it. Disposed of it, and the CCTV did not pick any of this up. Yeah, I'll go into that in a minute. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Maybe I'm just jumping you're getting ahead. ahead of me, oh, babe. I'm just jumping ahead of myself here. You yeah, you're getting ahead okay. of me. I've got lots of questions. The way I've structured it, the way I've structured the notes, is for a reason. I've done it that way for right, a reason. Okay. okay. So, um, bag bag was found. Okay, rucksack was found with with Suzanne's head in it, crossbow still in it. 
Divers were sent out to search the area, the River Air, and it didn't take them long until they found everything Griffiths had been hiding. In total, they found 81, 81 body parts. 81 body parts. So you chopped the ruler. This ain't just from her. Right, okay. 81 body parts. Right. That's fucked. That is truly like a whole nother level of fucked. So how many bodies were it? Was it? Are you one? Well, <laughs> I'll go into that in a minute. So, 200 yards from where the remains were found, a makeshift toolkit was found that would have been used to dismember bodies. So, he made a toolkit up. They didn't go into what included in his toolkit, but what was in his toolkit was stuff that would be used to dismember a body. So, it seemed like to me, he, again, to me, this is my opinion, he knew the CCTV was only a matter of time, so he decided to dispose of everything that he had all in one go, mm-hmm. to just try and get rid of what he could. Right. Yeah. I don't know what he was trying to hide because he was caught on CCTV, but we'll see. So after his view CCTV of Suzanne's murder, Griffiths is seen with holdalls. He later admitted that her body parts were in there and he was taking them to the train station. He's seen on CCTV doing this as well, taking them to Shipley and dumping them in the river where they were ultimately found. So he's seen with holdalls and bags and stuff, leaving his flat on camera. He's seen getting on train to Shipley, where the river air is, and then dumping. He's not seen on CCTV dumping her body parts, but obviously a process of elimination where he went with this. So on the 27th of May, he was charged with all three murders. I'll tell you in a minute why he was charged with all three murders. DNA tests found on tissue found in the river uh, belonged to Shelley Armitage. So where parts of Suzanne were found, Shelley Armitage, one of his other victims, was right, also okay. found tissue from her. Right. Yeah, DNA proved this. Blood was found in his bathroom that belonged to Suzanne Rushworth. Yeah. So Suzanne Rushworth was the first victim in 2009. Right, okay. 2009, Suzanne Rushworth, Shelley Armitage, then Suzanne. Right, okay. Yeah. So parts of her tissue was found, um, her tissue, Shelley Armitage's tissue was found in the river. Suzanne Rushworth's DNA was found, well, blood was found in his bathroom. He admitted to killing her. He admitted to killing them all, all three all of them. them yeah. yeah, but he refused to say what had happened to Suzanne Rushworth in what? 2009. He refused to say what had happened to okay. her. Um, but it's largely believed that he killed her with a hammer. Right. Okay, so I'm assuming, again, I'm assuming that DNA, blood, must have it must have shown backsplash from hammers and stuff like that. Okay. It, you know these, but these. He's never admitted, but he's never admitted it. No, but I'm assuming that they wouldn't say he. It was believed that he killed her with a hammer unless they had something to, to show that, that was the truth. And was the body found? Parts right, of her okay. body, yeah. Right. So, it, because it was so long ago, we're talking a year before this. Right. Okay. It was he had time. He had a significant amount of time with this woman, um. He admitted cannibalizing his victims. He did say, though, that he cooked the first two. This is why, yeah. 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 Um, I'll tell you in a minute what shows that he cooked them. Um, But he didn't try it raw. So he said that he wanted to try the last one raw because he'd never tried it before. So Suzanne. That's the one with the crossbow in it. Yeah. Right. So he cannibalized her raw. Right. Because he'd never tried it raw before. So she's the third victim. Yeah. Right. Okay. Blood was found on his cooker. To back this up. So blood was found on his cooker to prove that he had you're smiling. I don't know what part of that is actually his smile worth. I don't know if anyone's seen that film, uh No Pain, No Gain. <laughs> but it just if you have, you know what I'm laughing about. It's the bit with the rock, they obviously kill someone, they chop her up. And Him, it's a guy, it's the mafia dude, isn't it? The Russian guy. Uh no, it's the one before that. Oh, yes, 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 yes. They literally rocked out of there. Obviously, he's been smoking crack cocaine, whatever he's been doing. Yeah. And he's out there, 
and the front yard. He's cooking like hands. He's trying to get rid of the DNA evidence, <laughs> obviously, for the fingerprints. And he's out there having a barbecue, basically. Do you know what I mean? With all neighbours, like, going, what the hell kind of thing. But, yeah, that's well, that's the only reason I'm laughing, because it just reminded me of that, what Jess, Jess just said, cook, cooking, you know, want to taste. This reminded me, when you just said that, it took me to, um, oh, what was it? It was that, um, is it Bad Boys? Bad Boys. Um, and it's the Mafia dude. It's the Mafia dude. He cut him up, didn't he? Tapia had that Russian guy cut up, didn't he? Oh, yes, cut him up in the, yeah, in the, in the kitchen and put him in a tortilla bin. Yeah, and he so, goes, there's someone here here. Uh, <laughs> My Lawrence. That's what that yeah. reminded me of when you just said that. This is not a funny scenario, though. I must just say this. So... Let's jump back into what we were talking about. Let's go off movies. Griffiths did admit that he murdered five people, though, not just the three. So he did admit that he he killed five people, not three. So I'll go into briefly these two people that we're going to touch on. Um, Dawn Shields was 19 when she went missing on 13th of May, 1994. So we're going back way Right. Way back. Yep, 1994. 1994. Okay. This was just months after he was released from prison. Right. Her body was found days days later in the Peak District by a park ranger. She was also a sex worker and it matched his MO. Yeah, so all the things matched his MO. She was found under rocks, though, that had been placed on top of her. And she it was it was shown that she died of head injuries. There was no forensic evidence at all of him killing her, or no forensic evidence at all. Um, but they did put this down. They looked into it more, and they did put it down more so to the work of Alan Kite, who was another serial killer in the area right, so around that time. They don't else. think it was right, him. Okay. Um, they've kind of there's more to show that it more matches Alan Kite's mo. Right. Okay. So not so somebody his. else. Yeah. Yeah, and serial killers don't tend to go that long between. Victims, they don't tend to go like we're talking like what, fifteen years, yeah. something like that. It's just a big old chunk of time to be waiting. They don't normally wait that long. Um, Rebecca Hall was also nineteen, so they're both nineteen. Both of these victims, when she was found dead in a car park, only eight hundred meters from his flat. Yeah, so it was quite close to his flat. He knew Rebecca, and she regularly went to his flat to like smoke drugs and stuff like well, that. She's a sex worker as well. Yes. More of the story is don't be a sex worker here, by the way. There seems to be a pattern. There seems to be a lot of. Unfortunately, there seems to be a lot of patterns with the sex workers. The thing is, is the way the way people kind of perceive sex work sex workers it is is that they're expendable. They're they're not really. This isn't my opinion, but. A lot of the police force, they don't really see them as important as if it was someone that wasn't in that line of work. Yeah. So if, say, it was me or you that was a victim, or if it was a sex worker, you would have be- you'd have more of a chance. They would think that they would maybe like a runaway or they'd, they'd just kind of disappeared or something. If we'd have done that, it would be really weird if we did that. But for them, they're quite transient, that kind of line of work. Mm. But... Again, not all of them are. It's a it's a sweeping generalization, but generally they do tend to go for that. Um, but again, this is more likely to be the work of John Taylor, another serial killer in the so area. Had, so you had three roaming around. There was more than that, right? But he this was pinned down to more likely to be John Taylor to have committed this one. But it was noted that he she was found only eight hundred meters away from his flat. She did know him. He knew her. They were friends. And I watched an interview with his girlfriend at the time. And she had said that when after she was found dead and everything, she walked past that car park with him. And he said, oh, come and have a look. This is where Rebecca Hall was killed and found. Like This is where she was found. So he made a point of saying, this is where she was found like her dead body was found and it was like he kind of got off on it she said he kind of got off on the fact that someone was found there murdered um but she wasn't killed there they said she was moved there so they were thinking probably it was like a car had moved her or something like that so So, her body was found there excuse me yeah 
Um, her body was found there, but they said she didn't. She wasn't killed there. She was moved there. So Carl Parker would make sense, wouldn't it, that she was moved there? Um, so on May twenty eighth, two thousand and ten, he was arraigned in Bradford Crown Court. He tormented the family when when they asked his name. So in arraignment, they basically it's just like confirm your name and stuff. When he was asked to what his name was, he just said, "My name is the Crossbow Cannibal." That's what he called himself. He's a fucking moron. He gave himself his own nickname. Like, normally the press and people give him their names. Like, unless you're BTK. <laughs> BTK gave himself the name as well. Just as much as Dick he was as well. Uh, he's laughing so hard right now. You know what, guys? In the next episode, I'm going to have a new nickname. I'm not sure what it's going to be yet, but I'm gonna, you're going to have something next week, all right? Do you know, do you know what BTK stands for? <laughs> Do you want to know what a BTK stands for? Enlighten me. Bind, torture, kill. Right. <laughs> it stands for bind, torture, kill. And this plebnut gave himself that name. Right. He gave himself a few names, actually. He actually said to the press, um, I like these names. What do you think? <laughs> yeah. He ended up, though, cementing with BTK. He kind of stuck with the BTK kind of thing. Yeah. Again, another douchebag that we will go into at some point as well. We will go into this that moron as well in another episode. But again, he is a massive episode. He is probably going to be over two, maybe Sorry, even... going back, what was his name? B2K? BTK. Oh, I thought you said B2K. No. I he's named himself after a boy band. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, it's not B2K, <laughs> no. Just, Did you have... You had to search that I had up, to search didn't I'm you? I'm thinking that name sounds familiar. Let me have a quick look. No, and, you BTK. Know. So type in um, BTK, B. just BTK, and images, and you'll see uh, the douchebag that comes up, yeah? What was his name? BTK. Yeah, Denise Rader? Dennis Rader. Dennis Rader. Yeah. See, I can't even pronounce English names. Uh, like <laughs> names. Um, a lot of... Well, most people know about Dennis Rader. Um, again, I would love to go into Dennis Rader, but he's over a few episodes. And he's been done so much. I'm trying to kind of stick to cases that we haven't seen as many of. Because there's so many people that have done these cases so well. Dennis Rader, BTK, has been done so well by other podcasts and other people that I don't really feel like as much I can add. But I will go into him one day, even just so you can hear our perspective of this guy. You will find him fucking hilarious, babe, because he is just a whole nother level, this guy is. But, yeah, this this dickhead called himself as well. He referred to himself as the crossbow cannibal. So in the pre-trial pictures that were supplied, so not in the trial but the pre-trial where they have to kind of supply all the evidence. Um, he had taken pictures of one of his victims, Shelley Armitage, sitting in the bath and spray-painted on the back of her with sex slave while she was sat in the bath. I'm assuming she was dead at yeah. this point. He took pictures of this and he'd also um, videoed himself performing acts on these things. And all these things were found in his flat. So lots of stuff was found to prove that he'd kind of done this. They haven't gone much into what, because there was so much of it. It was undeniable. This guy did this. So all the evidence was there in this flat. So, so he didn't really make any effort to try and really hide it or cover no. it up. He, just like, he I think in part sounds that he wanted to get caught. The I don't CCT think he gave for, a shit. No. And this no. is what I'm saying. He was like, he wanted to be caught. Cool. He wanted to obviously make the tabloids or whatever, the news, whatever you want to call it. Mm. Um and you, I think maybe you want to also be be famous, you know, and yeah. be like one of these like massive serial killers, you know. I think you, I think you're bang on. You I know. think you've hit the nail on the head. I think that's exactly what it is. Yeah. So because everyone will be talking about him, yeah, could what well, could be talking about him years years to come, like what we're doing now, you know. And yeah. How long was this ago? Uh, twelve years ago. Yeah. So. Mm. People are still talking about it. And this is what I'm saying. So because it's on just, CCTV. Yeah, and I think. And that's what I think that's what he honestly wanted. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's he got name, what he wanted. His name he? to remember. So he gave himself a, a stupid nickname, crossbow, cannibal, cannibal killer, yeah. whatever it is, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so people so people would obviously talk about him. Look at Jack the Ripper. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. How many centuries did that happen? Yeah. Ago? And people were sort of talking about him 
yeah. very date, you know. Well, we're talking, I can't even remember what what date that was set in, 1800s, part in the 1800s? I couldn't even go couldn't even go to it. Yeah, I don't... There's a massive tour about him in London, do you know what I mean? So... Yeah, there's there's loads on Jack the Ripper. Yeah. Um, I've recently just um, finished listening to, I think it was like a four-part episode with Morbid on that, um, and they were... Um, Elena and Ash actually went into Jack the Ripper. I think it was, I'm pretty sure it was four episodes and she did a deep, deep dive because that woman does some amazing research. She does some deep, deep dives in it. Um, and she went fully into it. So if you do, if you do kind of want to hear about all the ins and outs of Jack the Ripper, head over to Morbid um, because they do actually, she did a really, really good deep dive into Jack the Ripper. She went into everything about Jack the Ripper um possible people that it could have been why she didn't think it could have been a certain person um so yeah head over to that one if you want to hear about jack the ripper because i don't think we're going to be doing anything about jack the ripper he's such a well-known well it's such a well-known case yeah there's no point i can't add anything to it that people no, don't already know no, definitely not, definitely um not. and there's people that are out there that have done it so fantastically yeah, gone into full full depth oh there's podcasts out there just dedicated to him to him yeah so well they say him, it could have been two people, you yeah, just don't know, do you? No. Um, so after after all this kind of evidence was shown and kind of um shown to the court in pre-trial, um, Griffith's trial was set for the 16th of November 2010. Due to the overwhelming evidence and his confession, so he confessed at this point as well, he was convicted quite quickly at Leeds Crown Court on the same day. Um, the justice, Mr. Justice Openshaw, sentenced Griffiths to full life imprisonment with a whole term life order with no possibility of parole. So at least he got a full life term. But is that life? Is life or is that life in 25 years? It's life with no possibility of parole. Right, okay. Because obviously life depends on obviously where you're from. It is. It is yeah. something like 20, 25 years, or life means life. So Yeah, no, I agree. Depending. They make it very clear in a lot of them. They'll say, like, life, but with a possibility of parole after 25 years, or with a, they'll say a whole life order. They'll say life imprisonment with a possibility of parole. It's very... De- I'm not a law student, so I can't say 100% sure, but I know that with, with this case, they said that there's no possibility of parole and it's a whole life order. Right. Um, in prison, he attempted to commit suicide quite a few times. Uh, 2011, he went on a hunger strike for two months. Um, he tried to overdose, and he also attempted to. Um, don't know if he was. I think it was slit his own throat with some razors that he'd been given by a fellow inmate. Um, he was said to kind of avoid all contact with people, and he just kind of kept himself to himself. So he didn't really have much to do with anybody. He just kind of kept he didn't himself. Didn't interact with anyone or anything. No, I think from what I read, I think he tried to commit suicide. I think it was like eight or nine times. It's quite a lot. He tried to commit suicide, and it didn't work out for him. No, he was unsuccessful. I won't go into any more about that because I don't believe in anyone taking their own life. No, but of not. I, I would rather this absolute moron spend the rest of his life in prison and suffer for the rest of his life instead of taking that way out, to be honest. Um, but he is serving his sentence in Wakefield Prison. And fun fact, that is also known as Monster Mansion <laughs> due to the amount of murderers and rapists it holds. Some weird names we give, give to these places, aren't we? <laughs> I know, Monster Mansion. That's what it's apparently referred to as. And as I said, it's just because there's so many murderers and rapists in there in Wakefield Prison. Yeah. When I read that, I thought to myself, the Monster Mash. (laughs) I don't know why. (laughs) I I just thought of the Monster Mash. I don't know why. It just came to the top of my head. So, yeah, this guy um, is in Wakefield Prison enjoying the rest of his life behind bars. So... Yeah. What do you think about that case, Atty? Oh, it's just like the other. It's just sh- it's just shocking, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? It just seems to be all the sex workers are just getting it all the time. They poor, are. Poor girls, you know. Um, yeah. They just want to earn a living to obviously feed feed their habits. Obviously, I know, it's, you know drugs not a good thing, but I'm not here to debate that. No. Um, and they're just getting, just getting killed. 
Yeah. You know, but life imprisonment, I I think whatever crime he committed, I think we should just do the same to him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let's, let's chop him up and just kill, kill well, him. shoot him in the head with a crossbow. Shoot, do you know what I mean? Like, you, you know, you've got people out there now, like you rapists, all that, you know, uh, pedophiles, child molesters. Yeah. Obviously, that's another story you can go into. You know, they get caught doing it. I think we should maybe mole- maybe molest them. Not molest like, them. You know what I mean? You know, <laughs> chop off their penis and things like that, you know. Or, Castrate them, you know, yeah. yeah. And I guarantee you chop off their penis, they're never going to do it again. No, definitely not. Do you know what I mean? Because they ain't going to have no penis to molest anyone. No. Do you know? So I think if you do whatever you do, I think you should get that back to yeah. you. Now, not everyone's going to obviously agree with me on that. You know, some people might, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah. But there's a lot of sick people. There's a lot of sick people out there, isn't there? There is, yeah. I mean, a lot of these. If it, going on to like these kind of people that commit sex crimes, um, they get really hard time in prison anyway. It's not like they get it easy. You know, they they are seen as no, the lowest you, of the lowest. Yeah, in but prison. still, if you if you rate anyone, don't matter if it's man, female, young child, whatever the case may be, I think we just chop a penis. That's yeah. it. There ain't going to be no more raping. I'm telling you that now. I guarantee you the raping will stop. You know what I mean? Then you can go to jail, do 25 years for life, whatever, and you're going to have no penis for the rest of your days. That's it. And if you ever do get released, you'd have to explain like why you ain't got penis. Okay. You, know I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I, just, I know we're all laughing about it now, but I just, I strongly believe. I know you do. Like in that, you like when it comes to rapists, child molesters, whatever, you know, penis chop. Cut it off. Cut it off. <laughs> <laughs> I won't say what we do to the women, you know. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's what I believe in. Yeah. I don't know what you guys think. Um, there might be some disagreements later. Yeah. Or some. <laughs> I mean, I think it's I think it's absolutely messed up. I mean, was, at least he was sentenced to a whole life order, um, and he is going to spend that time in prison until he dies. I mean, that's the one good thing, you know. He was caught, but did he? Did he? Did he kill those other two people? Did he? What do you all think? They're another kettle of fish. Looking into them is a whole other kettle of fish because there's, there's so, they're just totally different. When I go into... I will go into those two other serial killers at some point because I do quite like looking into the UK serial killers. I think they're quite fun to go into. Um, but I will go into John Taylor and Alan Kite at some point um, and will kind of get your opinions on them. And we will touch on those victims then. When we go over those serial killers, you're right. Addy. You look like you want to ask me a question. No, no, it's just like I was just thinking about all. Obviously, we all talk about these, you know, people who's doing done the murders or the serial, you know, whatever they've done. Yeah, but it must have a massive impact on the family. Yeah, hundred you know, percent. Yeah, on his or her, on his or her family. Um, you know, knowing that your son or your daughter has killed x amount of people or did whatever yeah. do you know what i mean they've got to live with that do you know what i mean imagine yeah. imagine being like that and obviously getting into you know your local supermarket and everyone's like you know oh your son killed three people or raped da, 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 and yep. like killed them how do you live how do you live with that do you know what i mean it's like yeah. it's a hard hard one isn't it you know i know it's not the parents fault but some people mm. might go well his parents you know upbringing maybe blah 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 yeah and obviously i know our days now now um people some parents not all parents uh or some people may say um, blame the video games or the, what they watch on TV and things like yeah. that, don't they? Yeah. Um, I don't think that. Do you know what I mean? Don't get me wrong. I love my video games and everything like that. And you know, I'm I'm not a serial killer. You know, I might be a bit. Uh, <laughs> Are you sure? Uh, <laughs> I'd be like that, but no. You know what I mean? So I can't blame you. Can't blame video games or no, definitely or, not. Or, or whatever they watch on TV. Do you know what I mean? I think mm. you, some people just just messed up, aren't they? Yeah. But I do feel sorry for the parents because they've got to then live with that. Yeah, all the time now, you know what I mean. So, you know, saying their surname, but like, oh, one minute, didn't I see so and so in the paper or read somewewhere yeah. or saw somewhere in the news kind of thing? Yeah, um, they they have to live with it for the rest of their lives. Yeah, and I, think, and I think people don't think about that, that other no, side, side to it, no. you know what I mean, or the victims, like the victims' parents, yeah, you know what I mean. They've got to live with knowing their daughter's been just hacked up, yeah, and things like that. So it's we we do hear a lot about kind of i don't tend to go into how the family feel too much afterwards because i think that they probably get more they probably get more hassle than what they want you know they didn't want to be in the limelight they didn't want to be in the spotlight um 
and I try not to kind of concentrate too much on how the family feel. We all know how the family feels afterwards. We all well, we don't know because we're not in that situation, are we? No, hopefully, but like you know, what I'm saying is, is we, in that situation. Of course, yeah, but what I'm saying is, is we know that you know they they put out these statements. Most of them want to be left alone. Yeah. Most of the time, they don't want to be hassled. But they, people, want, but you've got people out there that want to know the answer. Like, oh, you know, how did you not know your son or your daughter was? was plotting to kill someone or you know how yeah. you, you must have had a feeling that who was a little bit messed up then questions like how do you ask them how do you ask that to a parent yeah do you know what i mean yeah you know? no i know what you're saying yeah i just think it's it's one of them things isn't it that you just you just don't know and i think that the family probably do the family of the serial killers or the murderers they do get a really hard time most likely um, I think they get a lot of stick and a lot of abuse. If you live locally, yeah, I can you imagine know. you probably do. I can imagine most of them probably move away and just want nothing to do with it, which I could I could understand. You can't control what your family do. I mean, you might know, you might know that you know your brother or your sister or your mum or dad is a bit messed up, mm. um, and you might try and help them. And we all know people like that. You try and help them; they don't want the help, um, and you do as much as you can. You know, and they if they end up going and doing something totally messed up, are you to blame for that? Should you really be the one that's getting kind of targeted for that? But people, I don't think so. But, but people will blame the parents or blame like you know friends or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Oh, maybe you could have done more to help him or help her. Do you know what I mean? Maybe if you spoke to them, you know, I don't know what kind of situation, messed up situation you got to be to to think. Oh, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start killing killing people. Yeah, you know. It's obviously people out there, you know, people hunt yeah. and things like that, you know, you know, that that's fine. I know some people don't agree agree with that, you know, I'm not here to yeah. obviously debate that, but people like hunting, but it don't make them a serial killer, does it? No. You know, or go, oh, you know what, you know, I don't want to hunt animals no more. I want to go and hunt a human being. What what triggers that into your mind and goes, you know, I want to take that to the next level? I don't think we're not psychopaths and we don't have personality disorders, so I don't think we'll ever know what triggers these people to do these things because we don't have a mental disorder we don't have a medical condition that makes us think like that so i don't think but how does it go from being doing doing something like that you know just hunting like you know rodents rats mouse whatever maybe rabbits so and so on to go in to go you know what i'm going to take it to the next level is there just like a switch one day and it just goes bang you know what i want the next big thing what is the next big thing it's, it's humans, isn't it? Let's be honest. Yeah. If, we, if we're talking about hunting, yeah. do you know what I mean? People will hunt whatever, and then they might hunt like, you know, again, I, you know, I'm here to disagree with it, you know, go hunt lions, uh, rhinos, things like that, yeah. you know, in other countries, obviously. People get fed up of doing that, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They want to take it to the next level. What is the next level? Well, it's like that movie, The Hunt, isn't it? Hunting it's the same ma- thing. Yeah, it is. Like, there's yeah. loads, obviously, we you know, we can go into loads of movies about... about hunt, that mirror hunt, it off that, like, yeah. Hunting man or hunting women, do you know what I mean? What yeah. It, what it is. Um, it isn't just a switch, in it? I, I think it's a... I think it's thrill, gradual, personally. I think... factor? Yeah, I think a lot of it is. You see with some of the really, well, most of the really, really big serial killers, they escalate over a matter of years and it's not like a quick escalation most of the time unless um, unless it's a psychological break. If it's a psychological break, it's slightly different. There's loads of other cases out there and loads of other scenarios where someone has got a mental illness, a severe mental illness like schizophrenia or something, and something has happened. Uh, there's one particular case that I'm thinking of about the man on the bus that was butchered on a bus in front of a whole bus full of people. And that was a mental break. That was a complete mental break. And that was that was a mental health condition that wasn't, wasn't addressed. Um, How so- low do you have to be to snap like that? To snap like that? Do you know what I mean? On a it bus? Depend- it depends if... I will look and do that case one day. Um, but that was a mental health scenario. The guy did not receive the proper mental health care because of the time that it was in. He didn't receive the proper health care that he should have got. He wasn't on the correct medication. He, I don't even think he was on many, any medication at that point. Um, and that was a very quick thing. But going back to 
what happens before that with these other people that it escalates over years so it'll start generally with animal abuse and then it'll go on to a lot of them with like becoming like peeping toms kind of thing so like some of them become um like they'll not burgle someone's home but they'll they're like sneak into someone's home yeah not hurt anyone but sneak into their home and like watch a victim yeah and then they'll escalate to raping them but letting them go and then they'll go to murdering them and then they'll go on to these massive events like what ted bundy did yeah. and he had a massive meltdown so he was kind of clean at the beginning and towards the end where i think it was where he went and um did the um sorority house murders he just butchered he just went mad and it's that break that final final break where they get really kind of messy that that's when they generally get caught but it's that escalation that goes on from the beginning it doesn't have it's a domino effect 100 yeah and it's leading up to this ultimate thing at the end yeah but i i listened to an episode on a podcast the other day um and they were saying that it's like a drug to these people that have these medical conditions, it's like a drug. So it's like, say, heroin or cocaine or whatever. They'll, you'll take a little bit and you'll get that amazing high. And then your next time you'll take a little bit more because you want the same high, you'll then, never get that then, same yeah. high. And then so on and so on and so on. Yeah. yeah. And this is why a lot of people, well, a lot of these serial killers, they then turn to like um, necrophilia or some of them have gone, oh, I've tried necrophilia. I've tried necrophilia, but I didn't like it. But I wanted to give it a go, so I've tried it. Yeah. Some of them, cannibalism. Oh, I want to try cannibalism, but I didn't like it. It's We'll never know. Thank God we're not in the mind frame of these people. What do you all think? Do you all think that you know it's, it escalates over time, or do you think it's a mental snap? What do you all think? We all know what Addy thinks. You know my opinion on it. What do you guys think? Let us know on our Instagram follow us if you can thank you very much for joining us today thank you guys thank you and we hope you enjoy this episode um and we hopefully will see you next week thanks guys bye, bye.